Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Welcome to today's conversation on the Healthy Family Project. I was recently reminded um, by someone emailing in about the Healthy Family Project, and they said they had no idea who, what the name, who was hosting the podcast. And so I realized that maybe we've had so many episodes at this point that I have not mentioned my name at the beginning of the podcast. So let me start out with, I am your host, Amanda. Welcome. Um, And today we are talking to Noelle Martin of Motherhood and Meals. You might have seen her recently on our Produce for Kids Instagram page. She likes to jump in every now and then and share some awesome tips. But today we're going to talk about self-care and really teaching our kids how important self-care is. Um, You can find Noelle online on her blog, Motherhood and Meals, and regularly on her Instagram where she is talking real life, food, family, friends, you name it, she's sharing the realness. That's why we love working with her so much. Um, she really delivers the realness. So Noelle is a registered dietitian with a master of science in food and nutrition. She's also the mom of three boys, so she's busy. Um, Noelle is a university instructor and enjoys counseling and running workshops. Um, she also, like I mentioned, has an active Instagram feed and blog dedicated to educating and inspiring parents to make healthy choices for their families. She really has a passion for helping other parents realize we are all in this boat, um, you know, and sharing real solutions to our everyday struggles in this chaos of life. I'm excited about this topic. I'm celebrating a big birthday this week, the big 4-0. And I think I often forget that even just a few minutes to yourself goes a long way, giving ourselves grace and allowing for moments to refresh. It's just so important. And then before we jump in, I do want to mention, I don't want it to get lost at the end. Um, We do have the Healthy Family Project Facebook group and continue the conversation from the podcast over there. If you can find a link in the show notes and we can approve you to join that group. Um, It's just really a lot of fun to interact with listeners there and get insight from all of you and really discover new topics Um, topics that we can turn into a podcast episode. Um, So without further delay, let's get started with Noelle. Welcome, Noelle. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. Can you share a little bit about yourself and your background for our listeners who aren't familiar with your blog or your Instagram? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Noelle Martin. I'm a registered dietitian and I'm a mom of three boys. I have twins that will turn eight on the 23rd. um, And I have uh, a little five and a half year old as well. And I have a passion for chatting with moms and caregivers of young children and just saying, you know, I have been where you are or I am where you are. And I would love to work with you from the standpoint of being both a mom and a dietitian in terms of making the healthiest choices basically for ourselves and our families. So on Instagram, I can be found at Motherhood and Meals as well as at Nourished Beginnings. Um, And Nourished Beginnings is actually a partnership I have with another dietitian. And that is more the in-clinic side of things. Um, So we meet with moms and and little ones in clinic. And I also teach at our local university in the nutrition program. 
Wonderful. Well, we're excited to have you today. I think this topic, especially, I know we talked a little bit before we we started recording, especially for me moving into a new decade of life. Um, (laughs) Yes, yes, I think that I'm going to embrace this um, a little bit more. So I'm excited to learn um, from you today. We cover a lot of different topics on our podcast. And after reading your A Mama's Heart blog post, I really felt like self-care was an important topic to discuss for everyone, for me, um, you know, all of the above. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I create these topics because I need help, you know. So if I need help, lots of people must also need help. Um, so I have two daughters, and I love that we're busy. Um, we have lots of activities, but some weeks the calendar really stacks up and it's overwhelming. Can you start at the very basic level? How do you define self care, and what does self care mean for a busy family? Absolutely. So it's interesting. What you just said is basically the exact reason why I started my Instagram and blog in the first place. As a dietitian, I felt like I kind of knew how to make sure that, you know, vegetables were part of every meal and we were eating um, easily throughout the day and meal prep was under control. And then I had three children in 27 months and it all just kind of went out out the window. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And when Rhett was, you know, around six or seven months old, I thought, okay, you know, I've, I've got to work to come back to a place where I know that I am nourishing my, myself well, in addition to nourishing the children. And I had always stayed, you know, somewhat obviously on that track. I mean, I was breastfeeding and I was I had the knowledge of nutrition, but there was a lot of just the, you know, it gets busy, right? Yes. And I actually had this this one moment where I took the the edges of my children's grilled cheese and I used them as croutons on top of a salad. And I thought, this is this is delicious and fun. I'd love to share this. And that was what was kind of like, you know, flip the switch for me to be like, I'm going to start sharing ideas of how we can make healthy portions for our little ones and for ourselves and kind of fitting it all together because there's a lot of focus on how can we nourish our children. But I think sometimes we forget that number one, the children are learning from us, from example. And so in all areas of self-care, whether it be taking a minute to take a deep breath or physical activity or nourishing ourselves, Whatever it is, one of a gr- one of the great motivators is they're watching us, and it's great for them to be able to learn. So when you say, you know, how do you define self care? For me, it's finding ways to know that I'm able to be the best version of myself as a mother, a wife, a daughter, a friend, a dietitian, and more. And if I'm not taking time um, or energy to do the things that leads to the best version of myself, then I'm not just letting myself down and letting others down too. So that's a big piece of why I have made it a priority to ensure self-care. And it doesn't necessarily mean it is indulgent. It doesn't mean I'm sitting in a spa on a regular basis. It doesn't mean that if I'd love an hour of physical activity, that sometimes it has to be 20 minutes. It's not a, an all or nothing always. Um, but I do find that I have to plan ahead. Um, and I have to think about it as not just serving myself, but actually serving all those around me as well. Well, and I think that's a good point. And, and hopefully we, hopefully I didn't have people turned off by our self-care, um, you know, title. Cause I do think a lot of people think about self-care and say like, Oh, I, you know, I'm a day at the spa. Like you, 
you mentioned, and it's not. And I just, um, we have two new African tortoises in, in my house or in my zoo, um, oh, wow. as I like to call it. <laughs> and, and they are just adorable. And I haven't, we have, we, they came into our world just last week, but I haven't had a chance to just sit down and, and I just love, I love animals. But so yesterday I sat outside in the sun. It was for 15 minutes in the grass and just played with my new turtles. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Which I know. example. Right. Yeah. And I felt so much better. And I thought, wow, you know, if I could just stop what I'm doing and take that time, um, just whether it be 15 minutes or whatever, to just go out into the sunshine, um, yeah. you know, so... All right. So as a parent, I believe that my mental state and stress levels can really affect the whole household. I recognize that when I'm feeling stressed, like you said, um, you're kind of an example. Well, you are an example to to your children. Um, I find that I'm more irritable, you know, more prone to not express myself in the best way. And of course, it affects my kids. It affects their moods. And and I've seen this since they were you know, babies when it's it's like that energy that you give out. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, I am creating this not to like put blame or guilt, but yes, like I'm stressed. So everybody's stressed. It's Um, true. And you know, even at nap time, didn't you find when your babies were younger, if you knew you needed to get them like down for nap to get out the door for somewhere, that's when they stay awake. Yeah. But on a day when you're like, oh, you know, I'm just home whatever, it doesn't matter, asleep instantly. I I think they just, they sense if there's pressure, if there's stress, right? Even from those early days. Oh yeah, for sure. So with such a busy schedule, many parents think, well, how do I even find time for myself? How do I create time in a schedule that already feels full? Um, Can you share some time management tips? And I think we, you know, touching on this a little bit with the like, it doesn't have to be a full day or an hour. Um, But how can we, you know, figure out how to make self-care possible. Absolutely. I thought um, what I would do is just walk through kind of different stages and phases of motherhood because I have found that it really changes over time. So when we have like, you know, young babies, there often is nap time. And during nap time, you think, okay, do I eat? Do I sleep? Do I shower? What do I do? Um, And so I think thinking around kind of prioritizing during those times, what is going to serve me best, right? Um, I also strongly believe in the power of asking for help and admitting that it's okay to have a village around us and asking for help in the things you truly want help with. I can remember when I had younger ones, there would be times when I think I just actually want to spend time with my children. I'd love it if someone could come unload my dishwasher. Um, And then there were other times I think I'd love to get out of the playroom for a few minutes and unload my dishwasher. Maybe someone could play with my kids. Right. Right. So it kind of just, you know, thinking through and depending in the moment. So um, I actually had um, a young girl. Within, I was in her late teens and I asked her if she would come over for one hour a week and I would choose at the time what I was going to do. And sometimes I would take a shower and, you know, rest my eyes because I'd been up all night. And sometimes I would unload the dishwasher and do meal prep. And sometimes I'd go for a walk by myself. But it was something that I knew, OK, I've, I have this hour um, that I know I can do 
something. And for some people, they would maybe want to ask that of someone every day. It just depends on what you have available. Some people have family in town, some people don't, but setting yourself up for success. Another really big piece to me is was involving my kids. So almost every day I would put my kids in the stroller and do like a walk or a run or go to the grocery store with them in there. I would give them a little toy or a book and I'd give them a snack. And I would just know that, um, this was a time when I was doing something that was really great for me. Physical activity is one thing that really helps me in terms of, you know, mental health as well as physical health. Right. And I never really felt guilty because I knew that I was being an example to them as well. I w- I taught them from a very young age that creating time in your day, making time in your day to prioritize physical activity is something that mommy does. And that is a good thing. And so now I have children who do value activity and don't complain when we're going to go out you know, and go for a hike in the forest together, or if it's their hockey practice. Um, and I have parents say, you know, my kids complain all the time when it's time to do a physical activity they don't want to do. And I think, well, you know, never judgment, never anything like that, more just conversation of the more we show an example, the more children grow up with that. And so sometimes self-care, like I said before, is even just like knowing the, the power of the influence that we're going to have on them. And then as kids get older and, you know, they're off at school and sometimes our work lives can become busier and then there's their extracurriculars, I started to change up my routine. So when the babies were young and they were getting up in the middle of the night and I was exhausted, I wasn't going to get up first thing in the morning and be physically active because I if they were finally sleeping, I was sleeping. <laughs> right. But now that, you know, everyone sleeps through the night and our days are very busy between work and school and extracurriculars, I get up and get my activity done first thing in the morning. And if my kids are up, then they just do it alongside of me. I actually bought them all yoga mats for Christmas. And they'll they'll sometimes do something, they'll do yoga or something in their room. Sometimes they come out and do something with me. Um, and as summer is approaching, I think we'll probably get out for some, you know, more runs and bike rides and that kind of thing together. So um, a lot of what I'm talking about is physical activity because that for me is a big piece of my self-care. For other people, it may be carving out time to, you know, read a book by themselves or to go for a massage or the spa or something like that. I mean, it can be those things. It just doesn't have to. And also sometimes self-care is about cutting up enough vegetables and fruit to make your own lunch, not just your kids' lunches. So there's, you know, there's little things and there's larger things. And I think it's being honest about what phase and stage you're in and what is going to really help you feel cared for. Even if it means that you're taking time to wash your face before bed instead of just flopping in. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> the little things, those right? Those little things too. Yeah. It's doing anything that is to know that you are nourishing kind of that that soul of mental health. Exactly. And you know, I feel fortunate because um, my daughters both do dance And um, it's not like intense, you know, competition style. It's really recreational. I've always danced. It's been a great outlet for me throughout my life. And so they really enjoy it. Um, But I'm so fortunate at their dance studio, there are also adult classes. Um, And we're in Orlando. So, you know, you have a lot of the Disney and Universal performers that are looking for an outlet. But, you know, to take a class. But also... It's very interesting because they have like beginner ballet, beginner tap. You know, they have um, I guess entry level classes for someone who 
Um, you know, I say I've always danced, but there's classes for people and it's wonderful um, because you're not just sitting in the waiting room. You know, you're not just sitting in there. Um, you know, I have a tendency to like just work, work, work. So I would take my computer, you know, and just continue working into the evening. Um, but that gives me the chance to to dance. And then the other thing they do is tennis. And um, while they're doing their tennis, I started taking a tennis 101 class, which tennis is not something I've done my whole life. And it's not easy. <laughs> it's it's really hard, actually. But, um, but I started, I thought, you know what, I need to take advantage of that time and, you know, do something for myself. So I started exploring and I would encourage people, even if, you know, you're at an extracurricular and you have another parent to say like, hey, we have 45 minutes. Do you want to just take a walk and talk? You know, because you're going to probably sit there and and talk regardless. So um, I know a couple moms that are like, oh, we're not going to take the dance class, but they just walk the block, you know, and they talk and they're like, hey, I didn't even realize I was walking um, during that time because we were just chatting away. Um, Absolutely. So I feel like that's, that's a really good thing. And you mentioned something about having someone come to the house. I think sometimes, especially, you know, money can be tight and it's like, oh, I'm going to like get a babysitter. Um, You know, I don't want to spend money on that. I'm at home. I should be taking care of the kids. Um, But I have to say my daughter who will be 14 in April, she did a safe sitter class this summer. um, And I spread the word out with some moms and she'll go to different houses in the neighborhood for an hour two hours, you know, and just go and while the mom goes to the grocery store or the mom and dad go take a run, you know, it's like these little things. And I think sometimes we feel like, oh, babysitter, I can't ask someone to come for just an hour, you know, or I can't like the money or whatever. But I do think that even if you're just at the house, there are some, you know, teens who are in that zone who are like that perfect you know, it's not like this, uh, you know, she like fully experienced nanny of sorts that you're bringing in and have to pay these high rates. So I would encourage yes. everybody to to ask around because I'm sure there's um, in neighbor, other neighborhoods like my daughter, you know, who can be there to help out even just for an hour. She's happy to make money for just running over somewhere for an hour. Oh, absolutely. And an hour is just a really nice amount of time. Like, kids get excited. Like you say, like teenagers, like it's fun for them, right? Like they're excited to come over and play with kids for a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's good for all parties. Um, and yeah, there's value in just the hour. It doesn't have to be a half a day or a whole day or anything like that. Yes, for sure. So stress is of course relative. The things my 13 year old stresses over may seem silly to me, but they're very real in her mind. I This is something I continuously remind myself of because when I was a teen, I can remember, and I have a lovely mother, but I can remember the, the, the phrase, well, that doesn't really matter. That doesn't matter, you know, like, and I'm thinking right. it does matter. It does matter. Like right now this matters. So um, I try. <laughs> it's very hard because in my mind I am thinking, oh, my goodness, does this really matter? 
Um, right. But so I try to keep that in mind. She has pressures of school, you know, middle school stuff, friends, after school activities. Um, her plate gets full for a 13 year old. Um, you know, algebra has been a struggle for our whole family this year. Oh, um, yeah. I am. I, I know everybody's like, I'm not a math person. Sounds cliche <laughs> to say, but it's so hard. I mean, it's hard to not be able to help when you want to help. You know, it's very stressful. Uh, you know, and and I truly cannot go back and relearn all of these equations and everything. So anyway, so on one hand, I, of course, want her to strive and do well and work hard. But I really encourage her to take breaks and not beat herself up. Um, how do we find that balance and how do we pass on these self-care strategies to our kids? Um, I know we talked a little bit about leading by example, but how can we really pass this on so they can learn to juggle everything um, that life throws their way? Because there's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot. And, you know, it's a great question. A couple of things that come to mind is I find that scheduling periods of, to- of dedicated time to things uh, really works well for myself and for our family. So I'll share the strategy and, and, you know, perhaps it will resonate with some people. But if we think about, oh, if we take the algebra, for example, right, or any ch- kid's homework and we think, oh, we got to get to that, we got to get to that, we got to get to that. But because they don't necessarily feel like doing it right after school and they've got extracurriculars. So I always like to look at our week ahead and block times for various things. So, you know, my kids are at the stage where they're bringing home readers and a little bit of homework and they've got piano and we're uh, during the winter, because we're up in Canada, we're at the rink eight times a week because we have three kids in hockey. Right. So um, I really like to block and designate time. So that it doesn't feel like all night long we're thinking about algebra or all night long we're thinking about the readers, right? So here's 45 minutes where we're going to sit down, we're going to spend it together working on this, and when that timer goes off, we're going to walk away. And if we know that we have more to finish, we can talk at that point about when we're going to come back to it because sometimes you designate an amount of time and it's not enough. But I think it teaches them the idea of um, if you have a start and a finish, then it seems more realistic rather than sitting down and going, I have no idea how long this is going to take me. So we're going to stop at this time. We're going to nourish our bodies, um, you know, with dinner. And then we're going to go ahead and go off to whether it be, you know, dance or gymnastics or hockey or baseball or soccer or whatever it is. Um, And just knowing kind of where things have their place. Some things need to happen every day. Some things need to happen once a week. And as soon as a child can kind of understand the concept of needing to fit uh, fit in even meal preparation, I think it's great to talk about it, right? If a child is not coming to the grocery store with us, I think it's important for them to understand the amount of time that's been designated to grocery shopping and to preparing food because the more that they are exposed to all the things that it takes to organize a life, not that they have to take that on, but if they're just exposed and understand it, then as they go through life, there is a better chance that they're going to be able to set those times aside. So here's my time for physical activity and here's my time for work and here's my time for meal prep. And also here's my time to relax and play. So at what point in time do we shut down? So for our twins, our eight-year-olds, they, they're technical, like, you know, lights out bedtime is eight o'clock, but unless they have, um, you know, the, the odd thing that might go a little bit later, but typically they're in their beds by about 20 after seven and it's silent reading time because we really wanted to ingrain in them the importance of winding down. And so we thought, well, if we start that now, hopefully they'll be able to do that 
throughout life. And that's really a form of self-care for a child because their brains, um, I've heard this from other parents, so I don't think I'm alone in this, that quite often as their brains start to slow down, they start to be able to articulate more. So then we go back in at like 10 to eight. And if there's anything, you know, they want to finally talk about, or we'll have a retell of the story or just something where there's like this routine as part of it. So I think no matter how busy our children are, there are things that we can put in place to help them understand balance. Um, if they're nervous and it's coming out in, you know, my tummy hurts, then maybe talking through like, why, what, what's going on with your tummy? Do you feel like you might throw up? Well, no, it just hurts. Oh, okay. What happened, you know, on the playground at school today? Or what's happening tomorrow? And what might come out is they have a math test tomorrow. And they feel nervous about it. So it came out as my tummy hurt. But if we didn't take the time to talk about it, um, we wouldn't know. And so I think just, yeah, just having opportunities for those times to kind of slow down is really important. And I think it's our role as parents, too, to recognize our children's limits. Some children can handle two or three extracurriculars. And for some, that's just creating more stress than ideal. So rather than coming up with ways to help them handle the stress, maybe we need to realize that. Maybe they're more of an introvert and it's better for them to just, you know, be in this particular extracurricular because that challenges them enough and it's enough on their plate and maybe we'll add more at another time. And as kids get older, we can involve them in those conversations, right? Some parents will say, do you want to try out for the competitive team again or would you rather go with, you know, house league or something like that? And, and all is activity and all is great. So again, it does come down to age and to conversation. And I think showing our kids that we're trying to set ourselves up for success and then giving them coaching in terms of helping them set themselves up for success. Yeah. I, I mean, I know over the holidays in our house, we were, we got a little off track um, with (laughs) schedules and parties and bedtimes and everything. And so um, when we moved into the new year, I really, for all of us, I went back to saying, this is what time you're going, you know, this is what time I want you to be in bed. And then the, this is a time that you can read. And then I've been doing the same thing, go, like kind of going back into the room and having those conversations. And you are so right. I mean, it is so much better to kind of talk through some things once everything else is like kind of pushed out of the way and they've had a chance to unwind because when you're trying to talk through certain things in the heat of the day and you're running here and running there and tell me, why do you feel this way? And like, you know, what, what's going on here? And oh my gosh, like this grade. And it's kind of like, you know, it just, it's, I have found it's just doesn't really work out in in the craziness of the day. It's better once you've had that time to unwind and you're able to, like you said, articulate really what's going on. Yes. And I really do think that we can make a difference in this next generation coming up in terms of mental health. If we give more space for that, if we have more space for like true calm conversations, if we have more space for making time for healthy choices. And, you know, if children learn early on the value of sleep, activity, and nutrition, that in itself, it, it builds a better energy and immune system. And so that's just a positive cycle to move forward in. 
for sure. Well, so I think we I think we've kind of touched on on my next question. We may have covered it, but let's see if you have anything else to add. <laughs> okay. um, so while we all have different needs, I definitely think that as a family, we can all benefit from disconnecting and taking time to have fun together. Not every moment needs to be filled with homework, practice, commitments. So what are some ways families can build in that fun time to just relax and get away from the to do list? Oh, I am such a big fan of family games like such a big fan. And I know that this is because I'm kind of entering into the stage. I know family games with a two-year-old are very different than family games with eight-year-olds, but, um, you know, sitting down and playing any sort of game. So if it's a two-year-old, it might be mega blocks and you're like sorting everything into colors or you're building a tower together. Um, or maybe you're playing trains and then as kids get older, you're playing cards or monopoly or story or whatever it might be. And there's so much value in just laughing and having fun as a family. I I agree. Yep. I love it. I love the family games. It's so hard. And so one thing that we have done is we have two nights a week now where it's a designated time for family game because, and it doesn't have to be long, right? It doesn't have to be like, oh, it's a two or three hour event. It's, it's a game. And we have a rotation of who, um, you know, chooses the game and that kind of thing. Um, the other thing is I have a rotation with my three boys where every Friday I take one of them out for lunch on a one-on-one date and they get to choose where we go and they direct the conversation and that kind of thing. So, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the evenings. If evenings are really busy, sometimes we can carve out other times. Um, I love to have my boys in the kitchen. So dinner has to be made or breakfast has to be made and not every single night, but most nights I have at least one, if not two or three of them in here doing a portion and we can chat about the day while being productive at the same time. So I think it's just finding kind of those spaces and what works for your family. There's really interesting research that says, you know, even if we give children 10 or 15 minutes of um, directed time over the course of a 24-hour period, it can make a huge difference in terms of like their demeanor and their um, sense of autonomy and just everything. So like, you know, they decide what game is played or how the Lego is going to be built or, or whatever it might mean. And there's, there's true kind of valid research to back that up and say, you know, just a small amount of time can actually make a huge difference in your little one's day. And so again, if it means setting a timer or putting an appointment in the calendar, whatever it takes, because life is busy, it's crazy busy. And it's so easy to have a week go by and go, Oh my goodness. Like I intended to do such and such and it just didn't happen. And so I love putting alarms into my phone and putting, you know, time slots into the calendar because it reminds me of the things that I wanted to do and I intended to do. And it helps me follow through on those goals. That is a great idea. I think that I need to get back on that path because of scheduling in the family game night or scheduling in and just knowing like this is when this is going to happen because because we do it but it's not really you know it just ebbs and flows and we're big uno fans in in this house love it yeah yeah you know it's simple like you don't have a lot of setup although my kids do like the game of life they they really like to to go through that um that whole thing of, oh, I have 17 kids in my car, you know, I'm like, this is, you know, so funny. We actually, um, you know, with the girls getting a little bit older and they're both, um, 
they're both pretty funny. And so they both like acting. And so I said oh, in, the, yeah. in, in the new year, I wanted to do um, a family stand-up night. Yes. And I was like, where everybody only gets like three to five minutes, you know, or maybe, you know, I don't know what the, what we could put with the time, but they've been on me because they're like, we never did family stand-up <laughs> night. You said we were going to do it. And I'm like, oh, mostly because I got to work on my bit. I don't have it together. <laughs> Mama needs time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to do that. So hopefully after our conversation today, I'll, I'll be inspired to to get that back on the schedule. And maybe I'm nervous. So I'm not going to get any laughs. I don't know. <laughs> um. You know, and just to that point, I think it's so important, you know, something that's always really heavy on my heart is, um, just any moms that listen to anything like this or read a book or listen to other podcasts, or even just look at people's pictures on Instagram and Facebook and get this feeling in the pit of their stomach of like, I can't do it that way. And so Mm -hmm. I feel less than like, it almost brings me to tears to think about it because I was there for the first year of the twins life. We barely went anywhere because they had been preemies. And I would look, I actually took myself off of Facebook at one point because I was like, I emotionally can't handle seeing all the things that people are doing with their kids or hearing Mm -hmm. about the milestones and I'm not there. And so I just want to make sure that as we talk about all these things that, that people listening know, like, these are suggestions. These are ideas. These are part of a journey. And like any one thing, if you're hearing, oh my goodness, making time for something every day and you're thinking 20 minutes a week would be all I could maybe do, then that's your 20 minutes, right? Like I just, I think it's so important to walk, to be inspired by others, to get ideas by others, but also walk our own journey and know that if, if what we are doing is best for ourselves and our families, then that's what you need to be doing. Exactly. I think that's, that's great advice. And I do agree. I I have myself fallen, you know, social media is, is great. And it can be, you know, as much as we all want to say, I don't compare, or I don't look at that and feel this way, or it's human nature, first of all. So let's all just put that out there. (laughs) Like, and it's okay. Um, But it is, it can be really hard and you start comparing and you start feeling bad and what what am I doing wrong and why can't I get my act together why can't you know I know it's like it's all of those things so I think that again this conversation today is just so important for for everybody to to take a step back and recognize like you know we're all different we all have different situations and on quite honestly what you're putting out there on social media a lot of the time isn't real life. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) totally glorified pieces. And because there is a balance of like, we don't really, everyone's got already has their own challenges and issues. So you don't want to come to social media and be like, here are my 10 things I'm struggling with. You want to say like, here's something that worked for me. Maybe it helps you. Yes. Right. And so we do have to remember it is a highlight reel of sorts. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Which is why also going back to your Instagram and working with you, um, um, from a produce for kids standpoint, why we gravitated to you and love working with you because you are so real on your Instagram and your social media. So if anyone's feeling that way, go follow Noelle right now <laughs> because she is amazing and you'll you'll feel much better. So I'll show you the dirty dishes. <laughs> yes, she will. I love it. All right. So this is this next question, our last question. I love, we have so much to talk about today. So you talked about using your village in the blog post, which um, we'll link up to this, this awesome blog post in the show notes. But um, for a lot of people, 
that's family that lives close by and close friends. And, and that's not the case for everyone. I have to tell you, my, my family is spread out around the country. Um, and when I had my older daughter, I was relatively new to the area. I didn't have a network. Um, you know, how are some, what are some ways that parents can build their village when one isn't readily available? Um, you know, and, how do you ask for help? You know, I, this is something that I have finally, I think, gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, like we help each other. Like you would do the same thing for this person. I just have to let go of the guilt. Like I've always felt like, oh my gosh, I'm burdening someone else. Like I know they're, they have a full plate and I'm asking for help. Like, what am I doing? Um, So I was, I definitely had, you know, didn't have the grandparent network like my parents um, in town. And so, I don't know. It was just a challenge for me. I felt very alone. I didn't want to ask anyone for help. And so, what are your suggestions on being able to ask for help and building your village and working around this village? Great question. So, a couple of things. One is, and so we'll, we'll speak from the perspective if you don't have close friends and family in town. So, we'll, we'll think about, okay, if you just moved to a new place or they live outside of town because obviously it's easier when they do. So if we're speaking into that perspective, one of the things that I would recommend doing is looking up mom's groups at like community centers, libraries, and churches. Even if you don't belong to any of those, like go out to them and see if you click with anyone. If you do, great. If you don't, maybe try something else. Even like a, um, they'll have uh, like books for babies, right? At local libraries. Right. And you sit beside a mom and maybe you strike up a conversation because your kids are similar age. So I wouldn't suggest jumping in with this next suggestion like right away, but after maybe building a little bit of a friendship, um, perhaps you could suggest that you would love to make that family dinner, uh, you know, once or twice a month and wondered if maybe they might do the same. So, you know, two Mondays a month, I'm going to make extra dinner and I'm going to bring it over to you. So you have it for your Tuesday night dinner. So you don't have to make dinner on Tuesday, but maybe on the other two Mondays a month, you could do the same for me. And so you're, you're offering this like reciprocal and same with childcare. You know, you could say, do you want to go for a walk or run together? Or you could say, would you like me to look after your kids for two hours twice a month and then all, you know, we could do the same and you could look after mine, mine for two hours, twice a month. Um, and then maybe it becomes so that it works out really well for you and it becomes more often. I know several families that actually do this for childcare in the evening to go out on dates. So they'll have like one night a month, they go out on a date night and one family has all of the kids and then the other family has all of the kids so that the parents can get out on a date, but they don't have to pay a babysitter. So there's lots of different ways that we can use reciprocation, I think, with friends um, once we have had the opportunity to get out to some community groups. And even if you're quiet and introverted and not really interested in building like a huge network of friends, usually there's other people like that too. So I think, um, you know, it can take going to a few different places sometimes. Maybe there's like a stroller boot camp that you want to join and you end up meeting someone. Or maybe there's a prenatal yoga class that you went to when you were pregnant and you think, oh, I'm, you know, I might get back in touch with one of those moms. So there's lots of different places that we can meet individuals if we're looking to build our network. And if you already have friends in town, but you don't have family, you can take those suggestions and just use them with, with, you know, friends you already have, even if they're not at the exact same life stage, like I'll gladly take, 
you know, I have a friend who has um, a baby and a toddler and I'll gladly look after them for a few hours. And then um, my kids love to go over and play with the little ones. Right. So they don't have to necessarily all be the same age. Those are really great tips. That's an idea. (laughs) No, I love it. And I think sometimes um, like, especially new parents where you see like, oh, the baby reading at the library and you're like, my baby is like, do I really need to socialize my baby right now? But to put it in perspective, it's yes, you, you need to go. (laughs) Like you you need to meet people um, and and get out and do that and, and build, build your village that way. Yeah. Speaking to another adult is huge when you spend your day, like you can read to your baby, but it's not the same as going out and seeing another human adult. (laughs) And having someone else read to your baby. <laughs> uh, yes, that's for sure. That's another episode. Um, Amber Amber on our team at Produce for Kids, she has a new baby. So she's been coming up with some good ideas. It's been a while oh, since I've, I've had a baby um, here in the house. But um, so she, I'm like, all right, you got some topics. So, so all you listeners, the baby topics are going to be coming. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Noel. This has been awesome. Such a wonderful topic. Um, before we close out, if you just want to let people know where they can find you on social media and online. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Um, so you can find me on social media at motherhood and meals or at nourished underscore beginnings. And online, my blog is motherhoodandmeals.com. Wonderful. Well, we will be linking up to all of those in the show notes. Um, and just thank you so much, Noel. Uh, we'll be back. You're coming back for another episode. Aww, thank you so much. <laughs> another great conversation in the books. I really enjoyed talking with Noel today. I think there was some great information shared. And I honestly didn't know we'd, we would be able to fill 30 minutes on this topic, but... Uh, Lo and behold, we certainly did. So let's keep talking about this over on the Facebook group. Um, You know, it's a good place for everyone to just continue the conversation um, and share your thoughts. And remember, if you like the Healthy Family Project, tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to tweet with me direct, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter and also Amanda M. Kiefer on Instagram. And you can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon. Talk soon.